What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to a Maps Step Back podcast. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam. I spaz like Dallas, said that I'm rapping, God. If Luca shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap. On your team head, I ain't talking hats. Dang, go relax, still at a champ. Defense still coming with the calibers. Welcome in to another edition of the Step Back, a Mavs podcast. Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Glatson. Matt, how you feeling tonight? Uh, I'm back from the dead. I'm, <laughs> I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, for for those listening, Matt has had a, a battle with strep throat this past week, and he was kind of like a like a questionable on the injury report <laughs> very, <laughs> earlier very in the week. I was not day to day. I was more questionable to doubtful, but then I uh, I got in there with Casey Smith and I turned a corner and I'm good to go now. Well, you you know one cure for uh, for strep throat at least, and I mean I, I don't have any proof of this, but uh, the Balcones whiskey that uh, our guy Skin was talking with us about. <laughs> you know that's actually a a a true fact. Um, one of the things I did. When, like, is when you have strep, like, the first couple of days are just, like, literally the most miserable, rotten experience of your life. Um, <laughs> it's probably the most pain I've ever been in. But, like, the first couple of days, I had, like, cough medicines and, or not cough medicines, but, like, you know, throat soothing stuff and, like, tea and, like, all this, like, it was just all this shit. And finally, I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna, t- I'm just gonna take a little bit of whiskey. Just, just a little bit of whiskey, see what happens. Because that's what they used to do in, like, the... 1800s and early 1900s like you had polio they just threw you some some whiskey and you were good to go yeah man um, just mi- you can mix it with a little bit of honey if you want to yeah so i so i uh i, I put a little little pot still on a shot glass and sipped it and it actually felt kind of nice <laughs> so, you gotta kill kill all the bacteria but yeah. uh well i i'm glad you were able to get over that and that you were able to to come on this week because i don't I really don't think I want to solo this podcast. I mean, I I don't know, man. Going going for an hour alone, that just seems like a dark place to be. No, yeah, I don't think that would be very fun. Um, I'm, I'm not Stephen A. Smith. I, I can't do a, a solo radio show like him and have something to talk about for an hour. Well, we, we do a podcast for our SMU coverage, and it goes like 15 or 20 minutes or 30 minutes because it's just one person talking and that's like as long as one person can go is like 15, 20, <laughs> 25 minutes. But it's not too bad, but it gets really boring really quick. Well, uh, I guess before we get into some, some math stuff, you know, the NBA playoffs, they're still going on. We're, we're well into the second round. Uh, the Trailblazers, they 
evened up the series with the the Denver Nuggets the other night. They they won 97-90. It's tied at one apiece. And then tonight we've got game three of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers Toronto Raptors series. It's tied at 1-1. And I believe... I believe the six. Yep, Sixers are up by eleven at halftime. So yeah, they got have that game on my TV right now. Actually, yeah, they've 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 woken up here in the second round, and uh, Joel Embiid he's having a good series, and Kawhi has been unbelievable. But you know the Raptors they're just they're not being as dominant as as I thought they'd be. I I have them in the uh, in the conference finals with the Bucks. So. I think I still well, have that. I mean, I, I think it's eventually going to happen, but I don't know. I, just, I I figured that they would, you know, pretty much wipe out the Sixers, uh, given how vulnerable the Sixers looked against Brooklyn in the first round. I know it was a quick series, but, you know, it really, you know, more likely, if the refs hadn't gotten involved the way they did in that series, it should have at least gone six games. So, I mean, Brooklyn played them really well, so I don't know if that's just a, a case of the Sixers overlooking them a little bit or, or what. But uh, well, maybe maybe it had a little bit to do with D'Lo being an idiot. Well, I think he's a really talented player. But did you hear what he did earlier this week? I guess it was today. He got yeah. caught <laughs> trying to sneak weed in through airport security in like a big fake Arizona yep. iced tea can, which. Even if it was real Arizona iced tea, you can't take through security. Yeah, that that wasn't the brightest move for the for the future restricted free agent <laughs> this summer. So, a little disappointed in my in my boy there. Tough look for my guy, but I mean, look, he he's a he's a really good young player and everything, but that's not that's not something you want coming up. Like that's the worst possible timing, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, and like, where are you going that you you can't already get weed anyway? <laughs> like, right. you're, I mean, it's... you're a billionaire, like all star athlete in the NBA. You can do whatever you want, whatever you want. Like, you can get weed wherever you want to. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, look. While while we're just talking about the playoffs, one thing that has kind of annoyed me. We've got four series going on right now. We've got the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. We've got the Rockets, Warriors. We've got Bucks, Celtics, and uh, we've got the Sixers and Raptors. Like, why in the world are we having days with just one game on? I mean, I I, I get it when we get to the <laughs> the conference finals, but I feel like there should be a game or uh, multiple games every day until you get to the conference finals. You know, man, I'm not really sure. Um, you remember back I'm, in the day when it was like 40 day or 40 games and 40 nights? Yes. Like that was fun. I don't know if it was one game every night, but it like. You know, uh, I, just, I think I just it, like. I think I, I just think feel like was. this playoff has been like for whatever reason it's been more boring than usual. Well, I just I don't Except know. For the I, I, series. I just really love watching basketball. I. If if there is a game on, I want my TV turned on and I want to watch it. And that's what I love about the NBA playoffs is, you know, until you get up to a certain point, which should be the conference finals, you get to watch basketball every single night. It's a it's a dream come true. Uh, it'd be better if the Mavs were in it and, you know, they were advancing. That's going to happen next year, guys. Uh, 
<laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, the Rockets and the Warriors, they played game two on Tuesday. Game three isn't being played until uh, Saturday. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why Why do they need Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all of Saturday up till Saturday night to play Load game three of that Dalton. series? Load management. you got to manage those <sighs> loads. That's, that's so dumb. <laughs> like, uh, I guess they have to do whatever they have to do to stretch it out as long as they can. You, you know, it's give, probably... you got to give Robin Lopez and Brooke Lopez their time to make the Rob Zilla commercials. Well, and I, honestly, I think it probably has something to do with the NBA trying to stretch out the season as much as possible. You know, they they already start the season two to three weeks earlier than what they used to. And then, you know, if they stretch out the playoffs a little bit and then right immediately after the playoffs when the finals end, you have the uh, the draft a week later. And then after the draft, a week later, you have free agency – and then a week after free agency, you've got uh, summer league, and then you have like a one month lull period, and then bam, it's training camp, and you're you're jumping right back into it again. So I mean, they've they've really done an excellent job stretching out the NBA to where it's it's almost year round at this point. No, yeah, it's it's the most it's the most year round sport outside of soccer, probably, and it's really nice because I mean I'm a I'm an NBA junkie. I mean, I know people don't always agree with my takes necessarily, you know, but you can say that about any about any person, but like I I pay more attention to the NBA than almost anything. And you know, soccer is a lot of fun to follow. The only that's the only thing is like I wish I kind of wish NBA's offseason was a little bit more like soccer where people are just, you know, throwing hundreds of millions of dollars around just for the like the rights to talk to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it so it makes it so much fun but well and look the the NBA they do it the right way because i mean 82 games that i mean that's a long season but that's nothing compared to baseball which i i believe is double that if i'm if i'm correct is it 160 64 games uh, i don't know it's yeah, something so it's 168 it's a, maybe 162 okay okay well anyway you know Major League Baseball, they have 162 games or whatever, and you really don't hear anything about baseball until it's like everybody's talking about opening day, and then once it ends, you know, it's just over. You don't really hear much. At least I don't. I mean, I I obviously don't pay attention to all of that, but there's always something going on in the NBA, and for them to be able to do that when there's, you know, an 82-game schedule – uh, and make it year round. I mean, it's just it's really really cool to see, and I mean it's 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 really enjoyable, and it makes what we do uh, more fun because there's always something going on. No, yeah, there is. It's it's really nice. Um, I wish I kind of wish football was more like that because I, I like almost forget that the NFL exists. I don't forget that it exists, but like you know what i mean it just like kind of goes away until the draft and then it right. comes back and then it goes away again for a while and then it's football season and football season completely dominates everything and then it goes away again and it's just like anyway um but yeah but anyway another another part uh, you know we'll we'll actually get to talking you know mavs related stuff now but uh, let's say today is is may 2nd so we are we are under 
two weeks until we get to the the draft lottery on uh, May 14th. And according to Mark Cuban earlier this week, uh, spoke with him was uh, we were talking about you know planning planning when he's going to come on the podcast and uh, we had tentatively scheduled uh, for him to come on you know right before the lottery but he's unfortunately not been able uh, to work that out for that week so we have rescheduled for uh, closer to free agency but uh, in talking with him and the scheduling stuff uh, we, we went ahead and talked about uh, who the the Mavs were sending to represent them in the lottery this year, and it's uh, CEO Cynthia Marshall, which, I mean, if we would have thought about it a little bit more, we probably could have seen that coming. But, you know, there were a lot of people that wanted wanted Luca or, or Dirk to go to it. But, I mean, come on, Matt. Th- those guys aren't going to – I don't. I don't think they're interested in like like Luca. I don't think he's interested in flying all the way back from Slovenia to <laughs> to represent the Mavs in the lottery. No, yeah. Let the let the guys have their rest. Um, especially Dirk. Dirk. He's earned, he's earned yeah. it. He doesn't want anything to do with that. Yeah, um, I mean Dirk. Dirk just retired, and he's he's spending time with his kids and going to the Dallas Stars game. Shout out to them, by the way. They're having an awesome playoff run right now. Yeah, um, I was at the game last night, and it was amazing. They won four to two, and um, I was sitting in the section with all the all the players' girlfriends for some reason. Like <laughs> we, those are just the seats that we got, and they were all other like on their Instagrams the entire time. They weren't even watching the damn game. It's like, why are you even here? But, I mean. Is that really surprising in this day and age? I mean, not necessarily, but like if you're at if you're at the game wearing your boyfriend's freaking jacket in a playoff game, I expect you to like look up and see like even when they <laughs> scored a goal, they were like, oh, "Okay, cool." They got back on Instagram. It's like, well, Get out of that here. obviously, I wasn't there. I, I I keep saying I have to go to a Stars game because the atmosphere just looks absolutely electric. You know, every time they show Dirk. The place goes wild, so you know he's he's having fun doing that. He's hanging out with his family. I'm sure he'll, you know, go on a couple of extended vacations this summer. So I mean, uh, you don't expect Luca or Dirk to take time out of their their uh, their free time this summer to go to Chicago uh, for the draft lottery. So I mean, I'm fine with it. I think sending Cindy uh, Cynthia Marshall is is a good choice. Uh, like we were talking about earlier this week, at least it's not Michael Finley. <laughs> no, I not, assumed not, it was going to be here, be him again. Just because no, it's been him, what the last like however many years in a row? It's been the last two years. I thought uh, it was more than that, but maybe three. I don't know, but it, I know. I don't know. I I'm just glad that they changed it up. It's nothing against Finn. He's great. Uh, he's the vice president of basketball operations. He does a good job with all of that but you know we with with the Mavs lack of lottery luck uh it, it, they needed a shakeup and i mean ever since i mean if you think about it good stuff has happened ever since Cynthia Marshall was hired uh, so i mean i'm not i'm not going to say oh, yeah, that she's she's good luck she's good juju um she's good whatever the other words for good luck are everywhere but you know what's going to really piss me off when I'm watching the lottery, Dalton, is um, 
Dan Gilbert's kid's going to be there again for like the 37th year in a row. Oh my goodness. That that kid's like 30. <laughs> I know. Now, like, isn't he? It, yeah, the, like they keep sending him like it's some kind of novelty or something or like good luck charm. It's like it you all haven't had good luck in the lottery. It has not worked out right. more often than not. See, like that's they got what... Kyrie, but every every other pick has been like like the best pick they've got is like Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, but the thing that makes me upset about that is, you know, the let the kid be a normal kid and, you know, let him I mean, I don't know, maybe he wants to do it, but like you said, they almost treat him like a like a novelty or just a, you know, a good luck charm that you must go and <laughs> and do this for us. I mean, I if he wants to do it, fine, but I I don't think they should, you I'm know, I'm sure there's part of him it. that wants to do it, but like it kind of it's got to kind of get old after a while. It's like, yeah. okay, we're doing the same bit again, and it's it's nothing against the kid. It's just, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's tired of being there. And he's just like, okay, Dad, like, I guess I'll go do my job. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, anyway, I like I said, I, I'm happy that Cynthia Marshall's going to be there. Uh, I think... I don't. I don't think it's a bad choice. I'm not like like I was gonna say before. I'm not gonna predict anything, but you know, it it it's good vibes. It's it's good juju, like you said. So, <laughs> uh, we'll see if if she brings the Mavericks Zion Williamson in about a week and a half, then she is like that's gonna be what she's remembered for. She's already. <laughs> that's she's, gonna. If she does that, she's already got God key. <laughs> right right so you know she she can you know we talked about this earlier in the week as of right now like when you see Cynthia Marshall like she is the nicest lady ever she uh you know she's done everything right since she's been in Dallas but when you when you see her and you hear the the name and everything and this isn't, this is nothing, like, she couldn't do anything about this, but, I mean, you, you automatically, you think about, you know, why she was hired in the first place, and it was to clean up the mess, uh, you know, with the scandal last summer the that the Mavs were going through. So, when you, when you see her name, or when you see her, or whatever, that, you, you kind of think about those times, and why she was hired, and all that, well... You know, this is a chance to where, you know, if she goes to the lottery and the Mavs get lucky and they get Zion, then that completely changes how people see her. If she, if she gets a Zion, man, I'm telling you, she she will forever be, like, the person who got a Zion, in my opinion. Like, there's no... Like, there's, she, could, she could, like... She could do anything for the rest of her career. She could sell the Mavericks... Or, or not sell the Mavericks. She could resign the next day and like go go get a job with like the rockets and start bringing them all kinds of good luck and i'd still be like you know what it's fine she got a zion and i will love her for eternity because of that like she's amazing yeah like i'm i'm not saying give her a full dirt Nowitzki statue outside american Airlines center but i mean maybe like, like a, a zion I a re- like a regular size one <laughs> But anyway, so that's coming up. That's a like I said, that's a week and a half away. That's on May fourteenth, the draft lottery. Uh, we're we're still hoping for the best, but you know, and I I have a gut feeling 
that the Mavs are going to keep their pick. And like I've said before, the odds care not for my feelings. The odds are the odds. But, I mean, you just you have to you have to believe that the Mavs' bad luck in their franchise history, they've got to at least have one time where something goes right. And, I mean, maybe this is it. I feel like this is it. Um, they've just, they've never had, and even though they're technically in the ninth spot, they have the same exact odds as the seventh and the eighth spot. That's all. The only thing that their positioning in the lottery matters for is, you know, who, what second round pick you get, which is, it's inverted. So they technically are in the ninth spot in the first round, but they'll get the, the seventh pick in the second round, which works out. That was their little lottery win that they've had already, so that might be yeah, what they get. But we'll see. Yeah, it was a it was a small win, but given the three way tiebreaker, it was the best case scenario. So even if they don't keep their pick, you know, the Hawks get the ninth pick in the first round versus, you know, if if the Mavs had finished sixth and not kept it and then the Hawks end up getting the, the sixth pick. So I mean I don't know. That, that that that's a little win, I guess. It makes the worst pick the Hawks get the the better the Luca trade looks. So, um, so I don't know. But they will have the seventh pick in the second round, and hopefully they will have a top four pick. Hopefully they get the first pick in Zion. But we'll find out in about a week and a half, and then after that we'll be able to you know completely start to. Uh, put strategies together, potential strategies for the Mavs heading into the rest of the summer. Because I mean, there's at this point, it's just a, a lot of speculation. Even even on our pod with Skin, uh, when he came on, we talked about you know potentially pairing either pick two, three, or four with the the trade exception, and uh, you know maybe for a player like Miles Turner, or Stephen Adams. But even that, that's just that's just speculation without keeping the pick you know none of that even matters so i'm ready to find out what happens yeah now we'll see um uh i don't have a lot of faith but you know that's what i have you for (laughs) dalton is to 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 carry me forward and keep me optimistic about life and things yeah i mean look i i'm perfectly fine carrying the the positive the the positive energy for dallasbasketball.com i'm i'm here for all of you guys if if you need me so uh but anyway speaking of of positive thoughts and all that we're going to take a quick break but when we come back i've got a lot of positive stuff to tell you about kimball walker uh matt i don't know i don't know if you have i've I've said my piece about kimba as far as statistical (laughs) analysis goes so what i'm gonna do in this part is just kind of is is play more of a more of almost of a devil's advocate role and trying to get you to convince me why he's a good fit and all those things so it'll be good yeah i mean and look I've, i've got a piece i'm working on right now uh about Kimba's potential fit in Dallas. And look, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. It's not a perfect fit. But as good of a player as Kimba is, it is a fit, and it can work. It's imperfect, but it can work, and it can help the Mavs be a better team and you know become a playoff team. So anyway, we'll get into that when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us.
All right, guys, we're back. Uh, obviously, one of the hot topics involving the Mavs uh, this week is that they've narrowed down their their top priorities for free agency, uh, supposedly to Kimball Walker or Chris Middleton. And if you're looking at at both players' team situation, you have to figure that that Kimball Walker is probably the most likely out of out of those two you know and in fact mark stein he was uh he was on the ben and skin show today and uh, he was talking about uh, how there's interest on both sides and that the mavs have a a very real shot at at getting kimba so uh, what's your initial thoughts on that matt i mean i know i know how you feel about about uh kimba walker and you know you think he's a little overrated and everything, but just just throw that out the window for a second. What what do you think about their actual chances of getting Kimba? Um, well, I mean, it sounds like they're pretty good, right? Um, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think Steiny Moward would, would say something like that if he didn't think it to be a hundred percent true. Um, and I don't have a hard time believing it either. I mean, yeah, when when Stein says something like that, you definitely listen. He he knows what he's talking about. Very very well connected especially when it comes to the Mavs so I mean they've got a real shot at it uh like I said Kimba's team situation he 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 hasn't been to the playoffs very often you know he's been he's been carrying the load for Charlotte uh basically his entire career and they haven't done much to get him uh, any help over there so I think he's going to be looking for a change of scenery if he makes uh, one of the all NBA teams he'll be eligible for the supermax contract which would you know if if the Hornets decided to do that they're the only team that can give the only team that can give players a supermax is the team that drafted the player so they could, in theory, give him a contract worth up to $45 million a year if he made an all-NBA team. Which would, I mean, you, you've got to figure, at that point, as, as good as Kimba is, as much as he produces for them, you've got to, to figure that they wouldn't even go that high. To, to sign him back I mean maybe I'm giving Michael Jordan too much credit here <laughs> uh, but you, you know get but given that much money and you know what what else they have on their roster currently it might be better for them to just let Kimball walk and you know start tanking and, and build through the draft. So, I mean, it's going to hurt either way. I mean, I, I saw a Bleacher Report article the other day and said that, you know, they were screwed if they let him walk and they're screwed if they sign him. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, I think a lot depends on him him making that, that all-NBA team, which he has a legit shot of doing. I think he'll definitely make that, that third, third team. Uh, but if not... Um, uh, or even if he does, you know, the Mavs, their max for him would be four years, uh, almost $33 million per year. Uh, so the total contract would be around $130 million. Given what the Mavs have on their roster right now, I, just, I don't think that's going to handicap them as much as you think, Matt. 
No, I don't. First of all, I want to say um, he's in a terrible situation in Charlotte. There's nothing good about anything in Charlotte right now. If they keep him and, and pay him the super max, then he's going to be stuck with no help around him for the rest of his career in Charlotte. And if that's what he wants, fine. If they let him walk, then they're back to square one, which is a really tough place to be. Um, it's all, so it's always hard lose. It's always hard losing a player for nothing in free agency like that. I mean, yeah. even if it's even if it's in the best interest for the future of the franchise. I mean, you've got a twenty-six point per game guy that that also averages six assists, and you know he's he's twenty-eight going on twenty-nine. I mean that 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 hurts when you have a guy that's been there that long and producing that well just walk for nothing. But if that guy already. Like is having problems getting pe- getting you past the lottery with what he has around him, which I know is not much, then giving that same player a super max deal and restricting what you can do around him even less is just a nightmare. So, but look, yeah, um, but I, but I mean, we've we've talked about it. His his supporting cast has been horrible. I, you know, Kimba, that's what I'm saying, Dalton. That's what I'm saying. What? That's what I'm saying is like if Charlotte re-signs him. Then, like they they ha- to a supermax deal, they have absolutely no hope of putting anything better around him. Like they are, they're already having a hard enough time of it. That would just make it like absolutely impossible. Right. Okay. Well, I, I thought you were saying I thought you were using you know Charlotte's uh, inability to you know make it to the playoffs uh, with Kimba. I thought you were using that as a like a reason for for Dallas not to pursue him, but. You know, no, if, I'm if sa- that- what I'm what I'm saying is that he, um, by signing him to a supermax deal, they would restrict themselves even further in what they can put around him. Right, and they would yeah. just be stuck forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, that's why. I mean, I I just I don't think Charlotte would do that. But like I said, uh, you, you never know with Michael Jordan. He, if somebody's going to do it, he would be one of the guys. Uh, to pull the trigger on that I would think so we'll have to see on that but I mean as far as as far as Kimba's fit in Dallas you know everybody's concerned about his fit because he's been ball dominant pretty much his entire career uh, which you know like I've tried to point out many times what other choices he had because uh, I mean he's <laughs> he's carried the Hornets. He he is the Hornets. He has to do everything for that team. He hasn't he hasn't played with another guy like Luca. You know who somebody he can share responsibilities with and you know maybe play a little bit more off the ball. So he he's never had that opportunity. So to say that he can't do it, uh, in my opinion, is unfair because I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I th- I think he could play more off the ball. It's not, it's not a situation like with Dennis Smith Jr., where you know he's still developing, and you know he he really doesn't have his stuff together, and he's he he goes through these lulls where where he's not confident in his shot and all that stuff. It, it's complete. It's a completely different dynamic with Kimball Walker. You know, he gives you 25, 26 points a game. Uh, he shoots 36% on th- – well, he shot 36% on three uh, this past season on about nine attempts per game. So, I mean, to me, that's pretty good. Over the last three years overall, it's been closer to 40%. So, I mean, 
given how the Mavs want to play, I could see that working with with Luka and Kimba. I, I mean, I know there's not a lot of evidence to support that fit because of how he's played, but I think it's been more situational why he's had to play the way he has. Well, I, I really, I really think it could work. That's kind of. I'm not going to sit here and I think I said this earlier before we took our break. I'm not going to sit here and spout stats. Um, Mike, what I'm going to say about that is that he's played the exact same way, more or less. I'm I'm sure since high school, college, and since he's been at the pros, he's been a score first, ball dominant point guard. For you said he, I think we talked earlier before the show started, like. Uh, he came to the league when he was 21, so he's been playing in the NBA that that way for seven years. So I just I don't understand, and I understand he can do it like in spurts in Charlotte in like certain certain situations when like you know they have one other scorer on the floor or something. But I don't understand what makes people think that a guy who's been playing that way for seven years is going to sign a max contract for the first time in his career, finally get you know close to what he's deserving of getting paid, which he's getting criminally underpaid right now. And then all of a sudden just come into a new situation with a couple of, you know, younger players and being the highest paid player on the team outside of Porzingis and just be like, Oh yeah, no, I'll take a secondary role, even though I've never done that in my entire life. I have no problem with that. I just, I have such a hard time believing that he's going to be able to do that because if you bring him in, and then you say, okay, Luca, you're rookie of the year. You're the future of our franchise, but you're going to be the secondary ball handler now. He's going to be pissed. If you take Kimba and you say, hey, Kimba, we, I know you've been a ball-dominant primary ball handling, primary scoring guy your entire life, but we're going to sign you to a max deal. Um, but you're not going to be that anymore. It's going to be Luca, and he's 20 years old. He's probably not going to like that. So that's like that's one of the the cruxes of this entire situation for me is like I don't think that people realize that he's not just going to change everything he's done for his entire career just to fit with the Mavericks because his agent wants him to. Well, I, I don't think I don't think it's you know necessarily it wouldn't be what his agent wants him to do. I think if Kimba if Kimba leaves Charlotte, I think he will be open-minded enough to where he will consider changing the way he plays. He doesn't have to change it all the way either. He just has to, you know, tweak it. He's still going to get his numbers. He's a good enough shooter. He's a good enough passer to where, you know, he and Luca can share the ball and still get theirs without, you know, just one of them carrying the load on their shoulders individually. So, I mean, I I can just I can see that happening because he hasn't had much you know he hasn't had much help in his career to this point, so he hasn't had much team success. I think pairing him with a dynamic young duo of uh, Luca and Kristaps Porzingis will change that. I mean that that automatically becomes the best supporting cast he has ever had in his career. So, I mean, I he he. I don't think he will do as much, and I think he will adjust just fine to playing off the ball, uh, you know, than than what most people think. That's just that's just my thinking on it. I, and I mean, 
I'm not going to act like I know Kimball Walker, uh, but just my perception of him and, you know, some stuff I've seen him doing, you know, community work and just like interviews talking about, uh, talking about playing basketball and his teammates, stuff like that. Just, just from what I've seen, he seems like the kind of guy that would be open to tweaking how he plays to make it work, you know, whatever it takes to help the team win. I don't think it's, you know, a situation of he's one of those hard-headed, super-ego guys that uh, he's going to have to get his. I I think he would really try to do uh, whatever he needs to do to help the team. But I mean, that, that's just me. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't, I don't know for sure that that's his mindset, but that's my perception of him given what I have seen. Well, no, I I don't, I'm I'm not saying that I know Kimba either. And I'm not saying that he won't be able to change. I'm saying that even if he wants to change and he's okay with the idea of it, and he signs the contract, there's no guarantee that he's going to be able to break that kind of, you know, that those kind of habits that he's been, he's been displaying for his entire career. Like that's a, that's going to be a, that would be a really hard transition for a player to make to go from being the man for the last 15 years of his life since, since he but f- listen, first started playing competitive but li- basketball to being third fiddle. But listen to me. I I don't think it's a matter of him being third fiddle. That's what I'm saying. He can still he can still get his numbers. I mean, it's not like he's going to go from averaging 26 points in Charlotte, you know, to 17, 18 points in Dallas. He's still going to be. They can play in such a way that he still gets his numbers, and Luca still gets his numbers, and Kristaps still get because I mean. You've got the point guard position you're going to be getting those a ton of points from. You've got the wing position you're going to be getting a ton of points from. And you've got your big that's going to be – you know, in in my – just me looking at it, you should be getting, you know, 20-plus from each of those guys. And, I mean, I, I, just, I don't see it as him being, a, you know, a third fiddle. I think he could still get his no- – I mean, technically – you know, if the franchise had to choose between one of the players, you know, obviously I don't think he's going to be first. But, I mean, just from a production standpoint, I don't think he's going to be giving away much just by tweaking his game. Not not when you're playing with a guy as gifted as Luca is. You know, he can he can set him up and help him succeed, given that he's able to shoot. You know, that, that was the main problem with Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis, he's, he's capable, but... You know, he just, he was too hesitant. He didn't have his mind made up a lot of times. He he drove without a purpose. Uh, you know, he, 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 when I talked to him in New Orleans uh, earlier this past season, he told me that it was no problem at all for him adjusting to playing off the ball. But, you know, the way he plays and him not being an established shooter yet, you could tell by watching him on the court that he was having a lot more trouble than what he wanted to admit. So, I mean, that's my main thing. The way Kimba shoots the ball and the way he's able to create his own shot and, you know, he can score over bigger defenders when he gets to the rim and all that, that that's my thing. I think he can adjust better than than what the Mavs have tried to do have tried to do so far. I think when you get to talking about elite talent, 
like Kimball Walker and what he's able to produce, when you're talking about you know putting an elite player with another elite player or two other elite players, I think they they can make it work. You know that's that's how that's how super teams are formed. And I'm not saying we talked about this earlier, and I know I'm I'm ranting about this a little bit, but I'll I'll, I'll let you I'll get your thoughts on this one too. But we were talking earlier about you know this is an extreme example before i say it i'm going to tell our listeners like i told you earlier i'm not trying to say that kimball walker is steph curry that's not what i'm doing i'm just saying if you look at when kevin durant went to the warriors everybody knew that team was going to be awesome but they had like the same mindset they were thinking okay well you know steph he's probably not going to be the man in golden state anymore well, I mean, if you look at it, he's actually, you know, Steph has a higher usage percentage than, than Kevin Durant does now, even though Kevin Durant is, you know, their best player, in my opinion. Uh, so, I mean, and they're getting out Steph, of his way in the playoffs Steph, now. They're letting him take control. Anyway, go ahead. I didn't mean to disrupt you. I'm just saying, like, that's that's a completely different dynamic in just about every single way. There's not anything I, similar I, I, about it. There is though. There is something similar. You have a you have a great and look, I'm not comparing Luca to Steph. I'm not comparing Kimba to Steph or Vice you know, any of those player command I'm not don't don't focus on the players. I'm just saying you had a star player who was ball dominant, you know, and Steph he he's such an he he's another elite shooter. You know, he likes to have the ball in his hands, but he has no problem playing off the ball. He's comfortable doing that because he's a good shooter. But you had an elite player who was, you know, perceived to be the guy in Golden State. Kevin Durant comes. It's like, okay, well, you know, is he going to lessen Steph's importance or his role or whatever? No, both guys are still getting theirs. And that's the thing. That's why Golden State is, you know, as good as they are. They have all these superstars that are producing at the same time, and it's overwhelming for other teams. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I can't say this enough. I'm not comparing Kimba Walker to Steph Curry. I'm just saying if you add a 26 point per game, six assists per game guy to this Mavericks roster with Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, you're going to get good results. That, that team is going to score a ton of points. They might. They might give up, you know, 120 points per game, but they're going to score 125 points per game more times than not. I mean, I just I understand that he's not a he's not a good defender because of his size, and you know I get why you would you know be hesitant to give him max money. I would hope that we could, you know, if the Mavs wanted to sign him, that maybe they could get him for under the max. But if they do, my whole point this entire week has been trying to say it's not going to be the end of the world if they do. It, they're going to be a better team for having Kimball Walker if that happens. Okay, I get that. They're going to be a better team, but they'll have a ceiling because they won't be able to do anything else. That's what I've been trying to tell you all week, is that if you sign Kimball Walker, who's a second-tier... Let's be honest, he's a second-tier free agent. There's four or five first-tier free agents. Everybody else is second-tier behind them he's not a first tier guy so if you max out your cap space signing a second tier free agent 
you automatically put a ceiling on yourself as being at best fourth or fifth in the West because you're not going to be better than Golden State. You're not going to be better than Houston. And you're going to be right on par with like Oklahoma City. But you don't know that. You don't know I that. I do know that, Dalton, because you, no. you can't put you can't put you can't put Kimball Walker, Luka Doncic, Chris Saps Porzingis, and then a bunch of trash on a roster and say it's going to be better than Houston and Golden State. You just you don't, can't look, Kevin. We don't even know. Golden State may not even look like the same beast that we've seen the last few seasons after this summer. You know, no, we have, I know, but I, I I think if they even if they lose Kevin Durant, I still think they're the best team in the NBA. And look, and another thing, I don't think you can even compare it to Oklahoma City and their situation because the whole thing about Russell Westbrook is they're going to be paying him as a 34-year-old, you know, athletically declining point guard that can't shoot. That's the thing with Kimba. He can shoot the ball. And his I know. <laughs> what I'm saying is the Mavericks have so many needs of things that they need to improve to be to be better and to, to make a real playoff team that putting it all into a short 28, 29 year old point guard who's a, a high usage guy is not a good way to build a consistent contender with two young stars Look, going forward for the next 10 years. I just don't like that idea. They are not putting it all in there. That's what I'm trying to say. Even let's just, okay, worst case scenario, let's say that they give Kimba. The max contract, which for them would be around thirty-two million per year, let's let's just say they do that. Well, right now as it stands, you know they'd have to they'd have to make a move to get because I think they're right at thirty million in cap space. So if they just stay the way they are, they couldn't give him that full max anyway. But you know, like we've talked about in previous episodes, they they have ways of gaining more cap space than what they already have. You can try to. You can either try to offload um, Courtney Lee to some team. If if they won't do that, you could still stretch him, and you know instead of his full twelve or thirteen million coming off the books, you get eight million in cap space just by waiving him. Uh, you know Dwight Powell, which he, as we've you know learned, he's he's probably going to get extended. But even if he doesn't say he doesn't, and he opts out, something you know, weird happens because, you know, nothing's finalized until it's finalized as Mavericks fans have learned over the years. But, you know, say he opts out, that's another 10 million uh, in cap space. So, I mean, it does, and the, uh, when they sign Porzingis and they sign it, say they sign Kimba to whatever they sign him to, as soon as they become an over the cap team, it's my understanding they'd be able to use the, uh, the, the mid-level exception, which would be around $4.5 million. So, I mean, that that's enough to get you one of those, you know, third-tier players we've been talking about in, in, in previous, like a Ed Davis or, you know, something like that. It, it doesn't handicap you the same way it would the Hornets giving him a Supermax contract, you know, or, or like what Russell Westbrook is making in Oklahoma City. I, I just... Well, obviously, it's not gonna it's not gonna handicap you like a supermax. Nothing handicaps you like a supermax, but it's just I, I I just feel like a better route to go would be to sign two middle tier guys to maybe even shorter contracts, like you know Patrick Beverly and 
Boyan Bogdanovich or what was the other one we talked about? Goran Dragic and Vucevic. I just think that's a better basketball team than bringing in Kemba Walker and like another guy and but, then calling that your team. Because we know we know Powell's getting extended. Cuban said it a hundred times already. I mean, I just I don't know what kind of legit legitimate ways you can improve your team after you after you sign if like if it's Kevin Durant or one of the top one tier guys, I'm totally fine with that because that's an elite, 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 elite player. But Kimball Walker is not an elite, 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 elite player. He's an he's he is might an, be an all NBA player all NBA player for the first time this year or whatever it is. I mean, but he's not Kyrie Irving. He's not Clay Thompson. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not Kawhi Leonard. You know, there's a drop off there. But he is. He is an elite player. He may not be that that tier of elite player, but he is. I mean, he is consistently produced. He's he he was an all star for the third straight year. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, he shot. Uh, let's see, he shot thirty six percent from three this year. But you know, over the course of like the last four years, he's been consistent, hovering around that forty percent mark from three. And you know he. I don't know how else to say it. He he's just he's a walking bucket. You know he, you know how Rick Carlisle is about wanting to have multiple uh, ball handlers on the court. I mean he he's about. Well, if there's anybody that can make it work, it's Rick Carlisle. I'm just saying, like, I like the idea of more flexibility than a six foot one, twenty nine year old at thirty three million dollars a year. And look, the the six foot one thing, which I mean, in my opinion, just looking at Kimba, that even that seems a little bit generous. But even that doesn't Maybe mean as as much to me because we've talked about, in my opinion, at this point, we we can't fix everything all at once. If we get Kimba, and you know we're putting up one hundred and twenty plus points a game, that's going to be a really fun team to watch. And I've said it before; I think you could make comparisons, you know, depending on. Who else you fill in, you know, with the two starting positions around Luca, Kimba, and Porzingis? I can see comparisons to that 2014 pre-Rondo trade roster that, you know, before they traded, they had Jameer Nelson as the point guard. You had uh, Monte Ellis, who was, you know, that that was the beginning of the end of him in Dallas. But you have you had Jameer Nelson, Monte Ellis, Chandler Parsons an aging Dirk, who was still good, and Tyson Chandler. And that was the best offensive team in the entire league. So, I mean, yeah, they gave up a lot of points, but at the time of the trade, I believe they were like the fourth the fourth seed in the, in the West, and they just decided to go for something bigger. I mean, I'm not saying that signing Kimball Walker – would make the Mavs an instant championship contender. I'm not saying that. You know, like you've said, you know, it locks you into that core of those three guys for the next three to four years, but it's also a much, much better team for the next three to four years. The Mavs haven't made the playoffs in three seasons. So even if they make it as the, you know, the the seventh or the sixth seed or something next year, that's still a huge step. And, I mean, you want Luka getting into the playoffs and, you know, seeing what he can do there and get, getting that experience. So, I mean, it, 
to me, it's just not a bad thing. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Luca is going to be, you know, it's going to be about seven or eight more years before Luca is an unrestricted free agent, you know, before he's in this situation that, that Kimba's in right now. And, you know, Kimba could be long gone by then. So, I mean, to me, it just doesn't matter as much about where their ceiling is over the next, you know, three to four years. Because, I mean, I know we have an accelerated timeline because of how good Luca has been, but the fact remains, you know, the Mavs still aren't a playoff team. But they automatically get better with Kimba, and you, you have a offensive juggernaut at the very least. Okay, but it... I guess that's I guess that's where our bigger our like at the core where our biggest difference is is that I don't I don't want to be stuck at like a certain ceiling. Like they have so much flexibility this summer to do so many things and to keep flexibility, you know, going forward and especially if they get the draft pick, like there's so many possibilities, but I don't want to I I don't want to be you know the Nuggets were were the best year in like their history. They're a two seed and they go seven games in round one. Dude, I would love to be the Nuggets right now. Are you talking about Dalton? I no, I don't want that. I I, I want to beat. I want to take down everyone. Like I don't. I don't want them to make a move because oh he's a he's a pretty good name and you know we feel like he's a pretty good fit. I guess kind of maybe we're not really sure, but he's the best we can do. Hold on, hold so on, wait, wait, wait. let's Are do you... it. Are you comparing, like, if the Mavs signed Kimba Walker to the Nuggets signing Millsap? Is that is that what we're? No, you know what I would compare it to is is like is Darren like not Darren Williams in terms of like you know how fit he is physically, but it's like you know they they chased him because he was the best they were gonna get and it didn't work out and that's fine, but I just. I don't want them to sign a guy to a max deal just because he's the only guy they can sign to a max deal. But we even talked about this earlier, too. With Darren Williams, he was always a risk. Even if, yes, they did dodge a bullet. But I, 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 I literally just said I'm not, I'm not comparing their, their, how, how durable they are physically. I'm just saying they were chasing him because they thought he was the only, the only max guy they could sign. So they chased him, and that didn't even end up working out. Because, and thank God. Right, but what but, I'm saying is, if they had, if they had signed Darren Williams, and his health would have, you know, been okay, that would have worked out well for them. Because when healthy, Darren Williams was an all-star point guard at the time, but he, his body just, you know, he couldn't stay healthy, and he started his decline, and you know that his health had a big, a big, uh, big part in that. So I mean. You have and they to, also didn't have Euro James Harden on that team already. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, what I'm saying, you have to factor in the durability a little bit because that's insane. No, the, the, guy the durability has, is great. That, that, that might be my favorite aspect of Kimball Walker that you've told to me out of all the conversations we've had this week. Four games. His durability. He's missed four games in four years. And I give, think that is give, incredible. While carrying that franchise on his back – doing everything, you know, he can possibly do to help them and to only miss four games in that span of time. That that's like unreal. So I mean, durability is definitely not something, you know, you can worry about. Uh I, I don't know. I mean I, I don't know I I think and I've I said it before, he is not a perfect fit. 
They've got they'd have some kinks to work out, but it's not something that can't be worked out. Not with not with the level of player he is, and the level of player Luca is, and Porzingis and all. You know they you know Porzingis. I'm not even worried about him. You know he's gonna fit with with anybody. That you know he's the unicorn, but. Uh, just the style of play with with Kimba and Luca, I I understand why people are hesitant, and I'm just saying it could work. You know, the the Mavs could do much much worse this summer, you know, than than signing Kimba Walker. I just think it's much more prudent to spend money on multiple good players and have a more complete team than to put everything into Kimba. Well, like I said, if it's if it's Kawhi or KD or Clay Thompson, that's one thing. But if it's Kimba, I have a real hesitation about it. I'd rather have a deeper, more Toronto Raptors-style team that has a lot of good players on it and, you know, and one, maybe two pseudo-stars on it than a bunch of... Then Kimba and Luca and and KP and then just a bunch of dudes. Well, look, I mean, look if 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 everything, if if it resorts to the Mavs signing Patrick Beverly and you know Vucevic or or Dragic and Vucevic or you know some combination of those players, if it comes down to that, that is fine. That would be a perfectly acceptable off season for the Ma- for the Mavs, but. I don't think we can, you know, go about it the same way as, you know, like the Raptors who are in the East. You know, we've we've learned from LeBron moving to the West that, you know, just because you have a certain collection of players, you know, star power is going to win in the Western Conference. Elite players are going to win in the in in the Western Conference. I don't think, you know, you can piece together all these guys around Luka and Porzingis, and you might have a really good team, but I, th- you know, we were talking about ceiling earlier. I think you've got a much higher ceiling if you if you sign Kimball Walker than if you even if you sign Patrick Beverly for two years, or you know, if you sign Vucevic, I don't think you're going to get him unless you sign him for a four year deal. So I mean, I, to me. I think your ceiling's higher if you go with Kimba. And then the salary cap, it's rising higher and higher every summer. You know, that $32 million, that's not going to look as bad, you know, three, four years down the road. So, I mean, that that's just my thinking on it. And, I mean, you know, we, I know I'm not going to, you know, 100% convince you that, uh, that it's a good option. And... I mean, I'm like I've said before, it's not my preferred option. I, I like to dream big and think that the Mavs could get in on, you know, the Kevin Durant or Kawhi sweepstakes or something like that. But I just think from what we know now, Kimba's the best player out there that they can acquire. And I think you have to have that mindset of signing the best talent you can. And uh, that's just my thoughts on it. For for the Mavs to be as good as they can be in the immediate future, they're going to have to add elite talent. Okay, and <laughs> again, I just think it's it's more prudent to sign two players for $32 million that are really good players than one second-tier free agent for $32 million. 
it, if that's know, I, I don't think there's anything that that we're going to say to each other necessarily right now that's going to make me change my mind on that but the, the and thing I'm not is, saying the, that the, I'm the not the only thing that look, would make me look I'm not saying that's a bad option either I think like I said I think that would be fine I just think you know if we're if we're talking about you know where we want the ceiling of the team to be I don't think that team is going to get you any further than if you go and get Kimba and then sign somebody with the the MLE mid-level exception and you know a couple of veteran minimum people that you could get to you know that want to hop on for the ride I mean that's just my thinking of it I mean I think that would be a fine option but if we're looking for immediate success, I don't think it moves the needle any more than, you know, I, I think it actually moves it less than if you sign a guy like Kimba. Okay, but let me put it to you this way then. If, let's say, you sign Dragic for a, a one or two year, you know, $14, 15000000 million deal, would you be okay with that? Is that a good number for him? I wouldn't do that. Just in that... <laughs> I'm building a point here. I, okay. I, no, I wouldn't. Let's do say that. let's say let's say twelve million, thirteen million, somewhere around there. Okay, and then you sign another another good you know a good good free agent, not a not an elite one, but a good one for another two year deal for whatever, for something around there. Let's say fifteen sixteen million. I don't know, like to where it's not necessarily max out Kimba level, but it's like, it's still good, but it's only two years. And then what do you have coming on the market in two years where you could have the books cleared with Tim Hardaway Jr. coming off and those two other guys coming off? You have Giannis coming in a free agency. Yes, but listen. Okay, that's the kind of thing that you want to keep your flexibility for moving forward rather than just tying everything up into Kimba for five years. Okay, again, we the Mavs couldn't even like we can't even sign Kimba for five years. It would be four or max. Four years, sorry. It would be four four years. four years max. And you know the way Kimba might be different because I, I mentioned earlier it's it, he's been making twelve million per year for the past four years, which is absurd to me. That's crazy that Courtney Lee <laughs> made more money than Kimba. <laughs> That's criminal. <laughs> Last season, that that's almost. I know I'm making a huge anti Kimba stance, but like that's criminal. <laughs> that's so bad. But anyway, so I mean, he's he's gonna want to get a lot of money this summer, but just looking at players of his his caliber or you know right above where he's at, the trend you know is players you don't see players taking the the max contract as far as length goes this day and it, it it given his age and everything you know it might be different he might go for uh the full four years but like i said looking at the mavs the mavs books right now you have hardaway that's going to be coming off the the summer that Giannis is available and you know you're going to have porzingis and you're going to have luca who will let me see here I think will he be starting his new deal by then? I don't think so. I'm not sure. I'd have no, to look no, 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 no. It should be the last year of his rookie deal then. So, really, all you'd have is you know Porzingis and and Kimba's money on the books for that season. So I mean, in the way the salary cap is rising, I feel like by the time Giannis is on the market, 
you know, it, it, it wouldn't matter as much. You could still find a way to sign him. Now, if you're looking to next summer and you want to potentially chase Anthony Davis, I can see your point. You know, okay, then, then use that as an example too. Like, I, I prefer Giannis, but I'm just saying, like, you need to have. I, I can't believe I'm the, I'm the person telling you this because it doesn't make any sense. But you have to have higher aspirations than, well, we're in the playoffs for the next ten years. We're not going to go any farther, but you know that's it. Like I'm I'm over that. I'm <laughs> all I'm saying is I I just want I I don't even know how to I can't I, I hope people are understanding my point here that Kimba isn't my preferred choice i mean but i'm just saying if they do sign him it's going to be okay he is an asset he produces he will fit fine it won't be perfect they'll make it work though because he's an elite player that can shoot the ball and he can score at the rim he he hits his free throws lord knows that (laughs) that we need that that would be a blessing and yeah that would be that would be an absolute blessing to have somebody who can actually sink some from the and it just you know it just makes the the roster look better having those players on it and i mean if he was if he was closer to russell westbrook as far as his shooting percentages i would be completely out on that altogether but like i've said i think he's he's better than Russ is when it comes I mean he is better than Russ when it comes to shooting the basketball. So uh Kimba at thirty two million a year is more doable and preferred in my opinion. Like I would take Kimba at thirty two million dollars a year for the next four years than I would Russell Westbrook at forty six million dollars a year until he's thirty four. Matt, we uh I'm sure we'll continue discussing this all the way up until, you know, <laughs> free agency itself. Uh, you know, depending on what happens on, in the draft lottery, we we may just completely forget about Kimball Walker altogether and just, you know, start throwing a parade for Zion. So <laughs> hopefully, yeah, who knows, man. yeah, hopefully something like that happens and we'll have something else to talk about and we're not just waiting on, on free agency, but uh that'll do it for this episode guys we appreciate you coming in and and listening to us uh we'd love to hear your thoughts you know on on what the Mavs should do if they keep their pick or even if they don't you know what what you think they should do in free agency so uh when we post this article to our our twitter page which is at step back mavs uh feel free to reply to us and you know give us your thoughts on what you think they could do What, what what's your uh, thinking on Kimba Walker potentially coming to Dallas. So, uh, yeah, we should probably do a Q and a pretty soon. Yeah, we need to. I, there's a couple of, of people I've, I've talked to in the, uh, DMS on our Twitter page and they've, they've presented some really interesting points that we're definitely, definitely going to get to. Uh, we'll probably do that next week on a segment too. And then, uh, anyone else listening, if you want to ask us a question, shoot them over to at step back Mavs. And we'll get to it. We haven't done that in a while. That'll be something different and fun we can do in this uh, little dead period of the Mavs off season. So yeah, Matt, we're gonna have a lot of a lot of time coming up this summer because once you know there's gonna be a lot of a lot of dead space in there. So you know filling it with Q and A's wouldn't be a bad idea. And we always love hearing from you guys as long as you're you know nice and not assholes. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as as long as it's nice, you know, we'll 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 work it into the pod one way or another. But uh, Matt, uh, any last words before we head off here? No, nah, I'm just uh, I'm looking forward to to reading your um, your article on on Kimba. You know, coming out in the next couple of days, trying to convince me. I, the the one last thing I want to say about the whole thing is is if I'm wrong about Kimba and I've been wrong before. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, one thing I'm not wrong on is Draymond Green. I think he's trash. But other than that, uh, I'll admit when I'm wrong. I, I did it with with Leighton Vander Esch with the Cowboys when they drafted him. I was pissed, and now you know I've eaten more crow this year publicly and like and all that. And I I have no problem with it. I want to be wrong about Kimball Walker, especially if the Mavericks sign him. I want to be wrong. I just I need to see it, you know and. The whole idea just sounds very, well, it has to work out perfectly for it to work. And that's just a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts in that. And I just don't really, it scares me. Yeah. Well, I I don't think, again, I don't think it has to work out perfectly, but I think it can work out. And uh, that's the only thing that I'm holding on to is, is the way he shoots the ball. He's able to put the ball in the basket whether he's got the ball in his hands or not. So uh, that's my main thing. So if it doesn't work out, I'm the same way with you. I'll, I will come on here. I will say I was wrong. But if it does and it works out, I'm not going to be surprised either. But uh, but we'll get into it. You know, a lot more going forward as we get closer to free agency. Uh, we got a lot of really good guests lined up for, for you guys the rest of the summer. But be sure to, uh, you know, like and subscribe to the podcast. And even on iTunes, you know, if, if you want to leave us a review on there, that always helps. We're, we're trying to grow uh, every single week and bring you guys the best uh, Dallas Mavericks content that we know how. So, we appreciate it, guys. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.